Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome back to Game Store Prophets. This is episode 53 of the show where geeks talk about God. My name is Luke Navarro. And my name is Mike Perna. So, Mike, how are you doing today? Are you spending lots of time playing very cheap video games? I'm, I'm nursing my wallet back to health. I see. See, they're smart. They know. Even if you're only paying three bucks a game, if you buy 15 of them... If you buy them, a bunch of them, it does add, add up. up. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, uh, we're talking about the Steam sale, folks. By the time you're listening to this, though, it's done, but that's okay, because we had a bonus Steam sale episode that happened tomorrow or last week or whatever <laughs> weird time that is in podcast land. Oh, the wonders of recording. Yes, and do you know what else has already happened? But hasn't or has what's that already happened but giant robots oh giant robots yeah yeah they have giant robots landed well late last night depending on where you live uh and this morning i was the first person in the theater this morning at 10 a.m waiting for giant robots and equally large lizard-like creatures wait wait you've you've seen battle it out I have seen it. Oh, I'm hoping that by by this time, when 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 this episode airs, I'll have seen it, and and hopefully this will be in a spot where I'll just insert, you know, one of my patent pending, you know, future mic inserts right about here ish. Right here. Right, right here. I'll, in, I'll insert a future mic. Okay. And, good, good. And and even if he's just gonna fanboy squee, just this will be future mic. <sighs> Hello, podcast listeners. This is Future Mike. If you haven't guessed by the tone, I'll be sad to tell you that I have not yet been able to go see Pacific Rim. This angers me like you have no idea, but I will. I promise you. Plans are in the works for a, an outing to go see it, and then the fanboy squee will happen. But for now, I get to return back to past Mike and past Luke to hear Luke talk about how awesome this movie is again. Still having not seen it. Future Mike out. But, yeah, I have not seen it. I probably won't be able to see it this weekend because Susan and I will be traveling for family stuff. And Susan desperately does not want to see this movie. Neither did my wife, which is why I was the first and person in the theater, not the first of two. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, hopefully by the time this airs, Future Mike will be telling you how awesome he thinks this movie is. Very good. Uh, so, of course, folks, if you don't know, we're talking about Pacific Rim, Guillermo del Toro's uh, homage to kaiju movies. Uh, basically, large monsters arise out of the deep near Japan, and um, we have to figure out how to deal with them. So, what do we do? We build giant robots that have to be controlled by two melded minds. Obviously. And they fight. So um, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what that movie's all about. The, the craziest uh, thing, is... the craziest thing that I've I've heard slash observed from the uh, the various stuff that has been put out about this, uh, one reviewer, I don't know if he coined this phrase or made this observation first or whether or not he stole it from somebody, but I heard somebody say that this is Guillermo del Toro's love letter to Japan. It's very very much so, um, and. You know what? If you didn't know that, you might feel really weird about the movie. 
because there are characters that aren't really they don't sit right unless you get the context. I I would that's yeah that seemed like that would be the case. And so you kind of have to 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 get the genre uh to enjoy the movie. Like if you think you're just going to see a cool science fiction movie, you're probably going to be like, "Ah, some of these people the actors were really bad." But they weren't. They were playing that specific role. See, I've um, I've been watching you know, I've been watching, you know, ever since the days of like Macross. I've I've been watching this show. Exactly. Exactly. So it's that kind of thing. And so there are some of the some of the uh the you you can picture the the leader, right? Or the admiral or whatever in in like in a in a Macross kind of a thing or um you know, a Gundam kind of a thing or whatever. And that's how these characters feel in the in the movie. And, and so, you know, when you're used to a summer adventure that's, you know, like a G.I. Joe or a Expendables or, you know, this movie actually kind of even borrows a few lines from Independence Day. Um, <laughs> you know, when you're kind of used to that vibe... All of a sudden, some of these characters, they just seem strange and out of place. Uh, so, yeah, you definitely should know that when you go into it. Yeah, I, I knew for a fact that this was going to be right in my wheelhouse because I could identify characters. I've seen Idris Elba's character in a dozen different animes and, and, and kaiju movies, which it's... If you don't know that kaiju movies are a genre, this may or may not be your thing. <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and in fact, you might actually even feel like there's some, like, real serious cultural insensitivity happening. Okay. Um, but there's not. But you would feel that way. It's what it is. It's, it's what it is, right. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of what it is there. On the other hand, there are giant robots fighting giant monsters and smashing what, their way through cities. And what which more is, do you, you know, need in the summer? Good enough, yeah. right? That's uh, that's what the if summer's all about. If that's all you're bringing to the party, you're still going to be okay. Yes, and uh, the fights are pretty cool. Um, you know, one of the things that for me I really dislike about some summer blockbusters that will go unnamed but happen to be about toys that we had in childhood is that you can't ever figure out what is going on. Oh, Bayformers. We're talking blur. about Bayformers. Where, where, you know... Robot cars are flying about, and you don't know what's happening. Uh, this movie was very good in that you could... The, it was good choreographed combat, you know? And you could really see each and every move. You knew what was happening. Um, and, you know, there's robots with swords. Yeah, that's win. Robot swords. Robot swords! I, I'm gonna... I have to make sure I go see this with the right person. Um, I'll probably end up trying to find my buddy Chris, who's co-hosted on here with me on those episodes where you, you weren't able to be here, uh, because I need somebody who can, who can identify the same incredibly nerdy things that I can, because there's going to be stuff that I'm, I'm going to embrace my inner nerd and I'm going to do things like point out the fact that one of the weapons that one of the robots does is remarkably similar to another giant robot in an anime called Big O, and I need somebody who knows that. Otherwise, I'm going to make their life miserable watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mental note. Don't go to movies with Mike. No, no, not not in general, 
Movies about giant robots fighting giant monsters. Yes, a certain type of person uh, has to go see that with me. So we do have... Uh, this, I think, is probably the geekiest movie of the summer. Does that seem fair? Yeah. Uh, but there are also quite a lot... We haven't talked about the summer blockbusters yet on the show. Are there other movies out there this summer that you've already seen, maybe, or that you're going to see that you're excited about? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dead silence, nothing. Yeah. Thor 2? You know, Thor 2, I, I want to see. Don't get me wrong. Big strong dude with the hammer? Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm really curious to see Christopher Eccleston playing the villain, but it's a sequel. Uh, uh, I, I only get so excited for sequels. Even, even all right, good how about ones. Lone Ranger? I don't want to see Lone Ranger at all. Okay, uh, let's see what else. Uh, Despicable Me Too. Okay, okay, you got me on Despicable Me Too. I would, I would totally go see Despicable Me Too. I I fell All in right. love with Gru and the kids and the freaking minions. I I want, I want an army of minions. So, a couple of days ago, over my house, a minion flew by, what? in blimp form. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> my kids are looking out the back window like. It's a minion. <laughs> I would be go- I would be going nuts. <laughs> uh, let's see what else is coming out this summer. The Wolverine movie that they already made, but I guess they're going to make it again. Oh, I, uh, I, I'm still hurting from the last one. I actually thought it was all right. Uh, 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 we're gonna move on. We're gonna we're gonna move on because else this that's what this episode's gonna be about. We're moving on. <laughs> All right, uh, planes. No. How do you feel about planes? No. no not, not, nothing there? I, I was barely uh, there for cars. I certainly didn't want cars, too. I certainly don't want planes. Monsters University? Eh. <laughs> Again. I'm running out. I'm running out of choices here, brother. You no, gotta, I, I, did you see World War Z? I'm actively against World War Z. Okay, man. Oh, I, I'm, I'm seriously out of. I'm out of options here. I, 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 it, it, did I the forget dead anything? Silence should have I... given you this away. <laughs> this, this is not good. The best, the best thing I ever saw about the the World War Z movie. Somebody put out a Venn diagram, and it was the World War Z movie is one circle, and the World War Z book was the other circle, and the middle, the overlap. All it was was they're both titled World War Z. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is true that I did see it, and it is true that it's not quite like the book. There is more overlap than that. Uh, there is a good bit of overlap, in fact, but it, it is nothing like the book. I will give you that. Um, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm out of choices here. Um, we have uh, R.I.P.D. That looks entertaining, nothing, okay. but I think for me, the reason I wouldn't see that is because, whereas Pacific Rim. I'm so jazzed about Pacific Rim that even though my wife doesn't want to see it, I'm going to find somebody to see that. R.I.P.D., my wife would not go see ever in a bazillion years. But unless somebody comes up to me and says, this is the greatest movie ever, you need to go see it, there's not enough in the trailer that makes me want to go, all right, I don't care if my wife's not going to see it with me, I'm still going to go see this. All right. You know, I have actually been reading the Monster Hunter international book series which is not 
what this is based on. This is based on the comic book with the same kind of a vibe. Okay. Really like the books. No chance in the world I'm seeing the movie. All right, one more. I've only got one left, and that's Elysium. You know? Matt Damon, science fiction, beating up on Jodie Foster. Here's where I'm going to... This is going to surprise... It, it surprises even me. Other than the title, other than the fact that everyone and their uncle is talking about it, I know nothing about this movie. Well, I have that's not, because you haven't gone to see any of the other summer blockbusters. I've not seen... So you can't see the fact that it runs the trailer in every single movie that's out there Oh, right that, now. I'm sure it does, but yeah, as a guy who hasn't hit a theater this summer, I don't know anything about this movie. I can't... I, I'm, I have no opinion. I, I don't know anything. All right, well, uh, that it sort of kind of maybe gets me interested just a little bit, sort of, not really. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of... That's the summer blockbuster list this year. I, I don't think I missed anything. Um, if you have, I certainly You don't, don't seem very thrilled. I'm not. I'm. <laughs> there's no hiding that. I'm really not. Other than Pacific Rim, there was absolutely nothing that was really grabbing my attention. Oh, I forgot Superman. I Okay. That happened. It No, it there's Superman. lots of people... If you want to have a good discussion about the Superman movies, go see some of the other guys... In the podcast alliance. Yes. They are far more passionate about this than we are. Oh my goodness. Uh, the I, the guys at Stranger and Aliens, they did a fantastic job of it. The guys at, at uh, uh, Sci-Fi Christian, they did a good job of it. I I don't care about the Big Blue Boy Scout. And, and the one thing I did care, which I'm not going to talk about because it's Spoiler Town USA... The one thing I did care about the Big Blue Boy Scout gets ruined in this movie. So, eh. <laughs> Alright, so folks, that uh, is the Game Store Profits critique of the summer movie series 2013. Eh. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Alright, so... Uh, We've had a lovely discussion about movies. Yes, we have. Uh, we have talked about the Steam sale. I want to throw out another topic of conversation. This may be a little bit off-kilter a little bit, something we don't normally talk about. But we're talking about the Steam sale. We're talking about cheap games. Yes. Right? And uh, so quite a while back, I don't know, maybe it was even a year ago now, uh, this little thing called the Ouya showed up on Kickstarter. And, and the oh whole boy, world did went, it show up. Everybody got excited. And then the Kickstarter versions began to ship, and everybody went, <laughs> And nobody was happy. Now the retail box is out. So the Ouya is a Rubik's Cube-shaped-sized uh, game console. Really what it is is essentially a it's an cell Android phone box. with... It's an Android box. Uh, and... It runs things that can run on Android. When I first heard about that, I was like, it's $99. It's got an HDMI out, and it comes with a controller that looks surprisingly similar to an Xbox 360 controller. And I first heard about it, and I went, that's lame. Why would I want this? But as it's begun to kind of real slowly pick up momentum... I'm more and more keeping my eye on this thing. Now, I'm not saying that I want to buy one, 
but I am keeping kind of a weather eye on the list of games and software that run on this little thing. Um, and it's starting to really interest me. Uh, okay, so I, I think right now, it, pretty safe to say that the killer app on the Ouya is the fact that it is just loaded down with emulators. Well, yeah. And I don't know that we've we've ever talked emulators on the show before, but uh, if you don't know, an emulator is a little piece of software that that mimics a game console. So in this case, it might mimic your old Atari 2600. And if you didn't have an Atari 2600 because you're too young to have had an Atari 2600, well, bleh. <laughs> I did. <laughs> You'll have to deal. Um, but, you know, maybe yours was the NES or the Super NES or the Xbox and whatever. Good for you. Way to live a little longer than me. But um, you can get all the all of these emulators are available. Uh, and, of course, uh, a lot of games that... Uh, would be coming out safe for an Android phone. Uh, um, at least the bigger ones are maybe also producing an Ouya version. Um, what do you think, Mike? Is this something that interests you, or...? It is and it isn't. I kind of put it in the same... I put it in the same camp as the Oculus Rift, which doesn't seem like it should be the same kind of thing, because the Oculus, yeah, well, the Oculus Rift is a huge, you know, expensive piece of peripheral, whereas this is a very cheap console kind of piece of hardware. But I'm I'm more interested in the potential of the device than the actual device itself. I, I'm more interested in the stuff that's going to come down the road from this. Than I actually am this. Okay, so do you mean the the stuff that is going to happen because we're going to start seeing uh, games, Android-based games, as part of the living room gaming experience? Or, like, you're talking the Ouya 2? I'm thinking about the, the potential for the Ouya to do... To, to get, one, more developers out there. Because the developers, the, the developers, and getting the indies together—that's been Ouya's thing since the beginning. That was that was their cry from the word go. Was all you guys who are making stuff for phones, you can make stuff for us. There's there's no wall or or people to get in the way of you developing for our system. Show up, make awesome, and go. And and I love that the idea of of kind of having that that almost like that Wild West vibe of of be the best out there or, or you're gonna get you're gonna get forgotten like I kind of I kind of like that vibe every once in a while because we're living in the age where the triple A's are fading because they're just not making good games anymore. You and I have both spent a lot of time championing the indie game because they're making much better content, even though they're having smaller games and smaller budgets. So I love that aspect of, of the Ouya, the, the opening it up to more people. And I, I will say that I, I, I support 
it it's basically trying to do what Xbox One has said that it's trying to do, but doing it better. It's trying to be that that box for everyone, because we're seeing more and more. Uh, in fact. I mean, granted, this isn't the same operating system, but we're starting to see more big studios make specifically mobile stuff. Um, the guys who do Deus Ex, the Deus Ex franchise, their next game, and not like a, not like they do with Final Fantasy, where it's like Final Fantasy whatever edition, and they're going to come out with a mobile game. Literally. If you're a fan of the Deus Ex franchise and need to know what happens next in the story, I hope you have an Apple mobile device. Otherwise, you're not going to know because it is an iOS exclusive. The only way you can get that is to have an Apple device. And so more companies are starting to realize these mobile platforms, these mobile operating systems can offer other stuff. And so... There are going to be the hardcore games in those operating systems. But at the same point, there's also going to be Angry Birds. And the fact that those two things can successfully live on one system, I'm excited about that. But when you're talking about what's going to happen and what's going to be available and what might happen down the road, I'm not super excited about getting an Ouya, but I'm really curious to see what happens the next time they put out a piece of hardware or... Or even the Ouya itself now, I'm really curious what it's going to be like after a couple years of guys developing for it. That's what See, I'm... I, I think I'm kind of... I'm in the same place you are, is that I want to keep an eye on this thing. I don't want it now. Uh, it's not worth $100 to me. But I, I do want to keep an eye on this. And, you know, we've talked about indie gaming. And, you know, it's interesting because uh, today, as part of the Steam sale... Uh, I was looking at uh, an old game called Stronghold, and it's basically a castle simulator. And these games aren't made anymore. Okay, you you cannot go out and find a castle simulator that was made in the last three or four years. They just don't. At, at least not one that's that pure castle simulator. You can do like something kind of like that, but right, you could do the Farmville version of Castle Simulator. Right. Uh, but that's not what I'm interested in. In fact, there's a stronghold that's that, right? You just ask your friends for resources and, and whatnot, and if you like those games, good on you. Right, I played the uh, the uh, Middle Earth one, and it was actually kind of fun. But um, the th So uh, it was available on Steam, on the Steam sale, but I also noticed that it was available... I went to the website to see kind of, you know to remind myself what the game was like. And there was an HD version. And it was available on good old games. And I realized there is such a connection between, like, a good old games and indie games. Yeah. And that's really the vibe that I miss so much. Uh, a game like Stronghold, or another one that was this... Uh, I was actually just talking to my nephew about a couple weeks ago, uh, Alpha Centauri. Oh uh, my goodness, city. Alpha Centauri. <laughs> and, you know, you look at these games, and now they're available on good old games, but the thing is, is they they look just terrible. Just and awful. They're so, you know, they don't age well, but they had such 
amazing concepts, such amazing gameplay mechanics, because so many of these early game designers were game designers. Yeah. They made games, like board games and role-playing games and things like that. And so those concepts were being uh, translated into video game form. And somehow along the way, we've lost that. And that's all not necessarily bad. We've got some great stuff from the video game world now. But I do want more of this little niche weirdness that lets me get into these, you know... uh, I'll give you a perfect example. I remember playing a game, and I don't—I think it was a Tom Clancy game, but I don't remember. It was like way back on like my 8086. It was a submarine simulator. There's no way in the world you're gonna get a submarine simulator on your Xbox One. I, I know the game you're talking. That's ta- not. I can't, I can't remember the title of it either, but I know exactly what game you're talking about. I played it all the time. And, you know, it, you're, you, there's nothing to see. Occasionally you popped up and you got to look out the periscope. But for the most part, you're just looking at charts and, and gauges on the, well, and the periscope, submarine dashboard. Whatever. And the periscope was literally just that. It was a periscope. It was like black all around the screen except for the one spot where you stuck your eyes. Right. And, it, you know, but it was, it was fun and it was even thrilling. You know, this idea that there is a torpedo in the water and we've got our sonar to kind of tell us where it is and we've got to make some choices about how to steer this ship. And, you know, for me, that kind of game that's never, ever, ever going to come out on a disc. Right. I I really hope that that either the indie market or the the Android market or the iOS market can, can get creative people to get their small teams together and make stuff like that. And I want to give them my money. I don't want to give them 60 bucks, but I'd be right. happy to give them five. You know? Uh, like, And even, we talked about Don't Starve a couple episodes back. It's Which is also example. on the Steam sale, yeah. Yeah. And uh, perfect example of the kind of game that just would not get made if it was only for consoles. And uh, so, yeah, I think... I think that's a good thing, but I actually did want to get into the uh, the conversation about emulators. Okay. All right. So, uh, so there is a a moral quandary connected with emulators. So again, emulators are these little pieces of software that emulate a an old console. The thing is, a console is useless without a cartridge or a disc or whatever, but most of the time cartridges in these old games, and they are all, not all, but mostly, still copyrighted. Oh, yeah. You, you, they cannot, the people who make these emulators cannot give you the, you know, the old uh, river run. You're not, they can't include that with the Atari 2600 emulator. Uh, you have to go and find those things. And it's really, really easy to do. You can basically, in like, you know, a, a one meg download, download every Atari game that ever was. Um, but technically, well, technically, I was about to say it's theft. But 
for the sake of the conversation, I'll take that a step back. Technically, these are copyrighted items that uh, are protected under law. Do you have an opinion? Yeah, I. It, it's a hard one to nail down. It really is. Like I, I appreciate so much of the old, the argument for the older emulators. Like if you come up to me and say, I, I have a Xbox 360 emulator, I'm gonna be like, no, no, you don't, or you, you shouldn't, because that's a, that's still a thing. That's still you can go out and get one. And now that they've announced the Xbox One, you could probably even get one for cheaper. That's a thing. I challenge you, without hunting or spending way too much time on eBay, uh, I would challenge you to find something like a TurboGrafx-16, which is a system that probably some of our listeners don't even know is a thing. (laughs) Like, I would challenge you to be able to find a working Atari system. A Lynx. Oh my goodness, a Lynx, a Sega CD. Find this for me. Now granted, they exist out there. You can possibly find one. Somebody found one in their basement that still works. But it's But you cannot find it on a primary market. No, there's you can no only way. find it on the secondary market. There's no way you can buy that on the primary market. And so in those situations, I don't have a problem with it. Like if you give me like, like I don't, I don't mind the Nintendo, like the old school Nintendo, regular old Nintendo emulators, because unless you're going to like a super used game store, like not even, not even like used games, like oh my goodness, used games or a flea market, <laughs> or you know, unless you're doing something like that, you're not finding those games. So. I think it's it's it is a moral gray area for me, but I think as long as as you're not able to have ready access to that stuff outside of getting an emulator, I don't really have a problem with it. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you. I think that if you cannot buy it from the owner, then they're not activating their copyright. Right. So if they're not providing the product, then it becomes uh, public. Now, please understand, listeners, that's not right. Okay, that's not the law. But uh, that is kind of my opinion on on getting some of this older stuff and, and even older books, um, you know, older software, older uh, even music that is... or... Uh, one thing I kind of collect in the digital format is old radio shows. Yeah, those um, are you awesome. Know, if you can't get, you can't get these things anymore. Then for me, it's cool to go ahead and download them. Um, you know, this is to me like a history kind of a thing. But uh, you should know that there is some some gray area there. Uh, for example, uh, you know, don't download music unless you're paying ninety nine cents for it. Uh, you know, don't steal video games. Don't download uh, PDFs of books. I, I, uh, the more as soon, every time you're talking about this, I I have that that old. It used to play in like the front of movies, like like tapes. It's like you wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't right. steal this. Then why should you steal videos? 
Right. And, I, you know, I, I still actually get a little annoyed every time I see the stupid, like, this is not a victimless crime. The international governments will destroy you if you give this to a friend. Um, I, I do tend to lean toward the information is free kind of uh, a vibe because I grew up in the cyberpunk era. Sorry. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, hackers. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> You can't stop uh, the signal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that that's kind of there. Um, so you know, uh, we're kind of talking about this idea, and and one of the things that uh, I, I I find so interesting is there are people uh, who, when it comes to these emulators, they want it all, right? They want every single game that has ever been ever, was ever made, every homebrew game every original Japanese edition of every Nintendo game there ever was. I will not rest and, until I have completely finished A Boy and His Blob. And there is... Well, and they're not even playing them, though. They're just collecting these little... Uh, I forget what they're even called. What are they called? I forget. The little binaries? Yeah. Uh, that you get for emulators? Um, ROMs. They're little ROMs. I can't believe I forgot that. Um... But they, you know, they go and they're collecting all these little ROMs, which is just these little like 16k files that that are just files. They're just digital bits sitting on a computer somewhere. But people are out there collecting them like they are baseball cards. Wait a minute. Something seems Speaking familiar. Digital baseball cards. I swear, um, whoever at Valve walked into a meeting and said. You know what I think we should do? I think we should turn we should turn buying video games and playing video games into a collectible card thing. It's not even a collectible card game cuz even that I could go, okay, that might be fun. No, this is literally they've turned they've they've gone and, and made it the equivalent You get pictures. They've made it the equivalent of trading baseball cards without the courtesy of giving you a stick of gum. Man, that's another reference. I love baseball that's card another, game. That's another reference that dates us, isn't it? <laughs> oh, well, what? Does, does gum not come in baseball cards anymore? Do people buy baseball cards anymore? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure kids buy baseball cards. But, Internet, let us know. Yeah, but... Does your uh, children buy the baseball cards? But yeah, no, if you go on Steam right now, not only part of the summer sale, but... Uh, there, there are people who even said that the reason the summer sale was delayed as late as it was was so that they could enact the trading cards and have that running for the Steam sale. Uh, you buy games, you buy a certain number of games, you get trading cards. You play okay. a game for a certain length of time, you get trading cards. What you do is you collect all the trading cards for specific games, and then you get a badge. And that badge says, I got all the cards for this game. All right, so tell me, how is this... Because there already are Steam achievements. Yes. So are these just, like, prettier achievements? Uh, from, you know, it's hard to say at this point, because they literally just put it out last week. Fair enough. But Fair enough. there are... Well, you've bought some games now. Did you buy any that had... Oh, yeah, I've... The cards I've, in them? I've played some games that have cards. Uh, Faster Than Light has cards... Um, Magica has cards. Um, Borderlands so 2 I must has ha cards. So I must have some cards then. Skyrim has cards. I have you, some if, of if these you, games. If you've played Skyrim since uh, 
since the cards got put in, then you have cards. Okay. Um, yeah, so I've got a handful of them, and there's part of me that... Because one thing that they've they've kind of implemented is a community store and where you can put the cards that you have up for sale. Because one thing that they don't tell you is that they're only going to let you get half the cards. They're not giving you all the cards. They're requiring you to trade them. So they're controlling how many cards, which cards you get. It's not like you're opening a random package of magic no, cards. Well, there, there, it is, it is from, again, this is brand new, so I, I can't say for certain, but there is a level of randomness to it, but they'll only give you, like, if, if the set has, like, six cards, they'll give you three of them. So you have to go hunting down your friends list to see who has the other three. Or you go to the Steam community store to buy them. And so there's part of I'm me... I'm going to say something here. Uh-huh. I don't know that I have ever been quite as torn about a topic on this show <laughs> as I am right now. <laughs> because this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but I want them all. <laughs> Because I have to collect things. It's in my nature. It's scratching the Pokemon itch. Gotta have them all. Gotta catch them all. I don't know what to do about this. This is really bothering me just a little bit. <laughs> um, okay, so let's go with the this is crazy stage part of the conversation first. Why do we need these? I mean, I, I get it with Xbox achievements and with Steam achievements. Like, yeah, I'm super awesome. I killed... All of the squirrels on this level, I'm getting an achievement. Right? The the summer sale has its own set of cards. And so you're you're basically getting cards for buying games. This to me, I mean, I guess it's kind of a cool like cuz like, you know, back in the day when we bought video games, you got boxes with actual video games in them. Right. And they even back back in the day, they used to come with like cool books and stuff where you'd and that's how they did their uh, their DRM. You know, you'd have to look up what pictures on page forty nine today, and and then you'd be able to play the game and and all of that. And you do miss some of that with digital games, right? You don't get all the cool mementos, and and maybe you still have the poster of of uh, Morrowind up on your wall, even though you haven't played that game in forever. Right. And you know. That's uh, that's kind of cool, right? And so maybe these are just like little visual mementos of your gaming experience over the last 10 years with Steam, and maybe in the next 10 years. But they're still just pictures on a computer. Now, there is rumor and folktale that certain badges will get you certain bonuses. Like, you'll be able to get certain things for cheaper, or down, like, future... A couple of days earlier, or Future whatever. DLC might be cheaper for you. Like, but that is all rumor. There is nothing that says that that's definitely going to happen. So, I don't know. Quite frankly, I don't care. But I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a super collector. I, I will, I collect things that I like, but at the same point, I'm not the guy who uh, who collects things and makes sure that it must stay in box and mint in box kind of... I don't... If you're not using it, why are you collecting it? 
That that's me though. I totally. Whereas I'm, I'm the I'm, guy who has blue plastic bins sealed with Star Wars memorabilia that I never look at. Yeah, I'm not the core demographic for these trading cards. Because yeah, I just I think it's weird that you're actually trading the trading cards. I get it. I know that they're really working hard to improve the community functions within Steam, but the whole like you have to actually trade the trading cards deal that to me seems a little strange um i'm not willing to do that you if you want to give me something neat for buying a game or for beating a game or for playing don't starve for 67 hours or whatever <laughs> that's cool but i i i'm not i don't see myself wanting these so badly that i go and actively seek out other people to make space friends with to get a card. I'm, I'm not going to lie. There's part of me that hopes that this catches on big time and that I somehow get some rare, wonderful card <laughs> yeah. that, I can, that I can then put on the Steam community and get a bunch of credit towards buying another game because that would be awesome. But yeah, I have no desire Th- that myself. That would be good. I'm not a collector. And, 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 you know, actually, as Lucas, we're, we're kind of coming to that point where we kind of see things for their, their spiritual ramifications. Turn the corner. I, I think this whole idea of collection is going gonna, is gonna to help me turn the corner on this one. Because, I, I, like I said, for me, there's this understanding of, of collection of, of, that I don't get. The one of, I must have it pristine. I must have it in box. I must have it perfect. It must be there, and it be, must be wonderful, and it must be spectacular and pristine. Whereas me, I've always looked at like I every Star Wars toy I ever I ever had, I played with. Every He-Man toy I ever had, I played with. Every insert name of major toy ever, I ripped that box open and played with it. Even if the extent of playing with it was to put it on my shelf and pose it in, you know, recreating the Battle of Hoth on my bookshelf. Like, I I played with this stuff. And the idea of keeping things pristine never hit me. And I think sometimes we kind of take that mentality towards not necessarily our faith in general as a thing, but kind of the way we practice it. Because a lot of times... We, we find ourselves looking to be good and right and doing what we're supposed to and avoiding what we're supposed to. Uh, we show up, we must, we must be a certain pers- type of person, we must separate ourselves from another type of person. But really, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus, you know, for lack of better terms, to keep this metaphor rolling, he played with us. He, he ripped us out of the box and said, dude, let me show you how cool this is. Let me show you how awesome Kung Fu Grip can be. <laughs> and I think sometimes we, we kind of neglect that. We kind of are, are looking for, even, even if it's on a subconscious level, we're looking for this is what you're supposed to do as a Christian. This is what you're supposed to be into. This is what you're supposed to avoid. And I think the... For me, one thing that, that came up recently, it, it's one of those issues that happens all the time. Uh, what, 
and and again, our 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 GSP disclaimer: if if you have strong convictions about this, don't listen to us. Follow your convictions, but we're gonna say what we think. Uh, my buddy gets in a lot of trouble every year because he at his church he holds what's called a tattoo party. Uh, he brings in a local tattoo artist who does discount tattoos for for the community. And it brings a ton of people to his church. People who would never set foot in a church ever, every year, come to this tattoo party. And every time it's the same thing. I never thought Christians would, would care about like us. Or I never thought a Christian would, would be into the kind of things I'm into. And it, it's forging relationships that you know, over a little bit of ink that lead to, to inroads with, for the gospel. I mean, you and I have had the same experiences at some point or another with D and D. I never thought, you know, usually Christians are the ones yelling at us for doing this. Whereas we're like freaking where are your dice? I want, you know, I roll the, you know, I'm rolling the dwarf. And I, I think it's just because, yeah, it, it's about getting dirty. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it's the idea that, that holy doesn't mean clean anymore. Right. You know, there there was in the Old Testament this question of ritual purity, but that's not what we're talking about anymore. Holiness isn't necessarily about social cleanliness. That don't get me wrong, you don't want to be a an antisocial jerk, but you know, so often we do when we come to Christ, as we are following Christ, like you said, subconsciously, we take on the culture of Christ. And the thing is, is the culture of Christ really has very little to do with Christ. <laughs> Jesus would would not have gotten the culture of Christ. It's just a thing that, that happens to have developed and evolved over time because of social and economic factors. It, it's basically it's basically saying, look, I've got my new church playset, mint in box. Exactly, and you know Jesus was mint, but he wasn't mint in box. Not in the least, no. <laughs> and you know that's uh, that's one of the things that we try to champion on this show is you can be different, you can be a freak, you can be a geek, and still love Christ. And you know what? He is all for you. Going out there and doing your weird stuff, man. My whole life is weird stuff. Like, I, you know, anybody who has a conversation with me and asks me any question that kind of falls along the lines of, what do you spend your time doing? Is in for a strange conversation. <laughs> okay? Because I don't spend any of my time the way a normal dude spends his time. Let's see, I'm, in, I'm into archery, smoked meats, battle tech, and... <laughs> and I'm a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. So let's do it, you know? Let's have this conversation. Oh, and by the way, I love Jesus, and Jesus is all about my life, you know? And uh, that's that's great. You know, Jesus was weird. All of Jesus' buddies... We're really weird. Yeah. And they, so a lot of them still are. Yeah. I, I think that's cool. I, I'll tell you one of the cool, one of the things that I saw recently that, that I, I wasn't originally thinking about it, but it's, I, it reminded me of this thing that, that got posted on uh, Game Church. We, we love Game Church. 
a, a couple of you guys are on our fan page now, and I hope you guys are listening because we we completely support Game Church. They recently posted the fact that they were featured as somebody's favorite booth in E3. Now, if I were to tell you that Game Church was focused on as someone's favorite booth in E3, what sort of person do you think I'm talking about? That'd be a Christian. Possibly. What What if I told you that they're definitely not a Christian? Still, what sort of person do you think I would be talking about? You know, a 23-year-old first-person shooter fan, dude bro, maybe? Do, you're looking for a dude bro. No. These guys were featured in an article and an interview on GayGamer.com. Not what you would expect. That website's favorite booth in E3. Now, right now, some of you may or may not be comfortable. If you're listening to us, there's a good chance that you're all right. But there may be some of you who got uncomfortable when we said that. That kind of thing happens when you're willing to get dirty to share the gospel. And I'm not, I'm not going into the, that, I'm not saying that that's dirty. I'm not saying that it isn't. That's a whole other discussion that we're not getting into on this podcast. No, all we mean by dirty is real. Real. When you're willing to take off the plastic wrapping and just live in the real world, in real life, with real people who... You know, they they maybe uh, were set on a bookshelf and shot with a pellet gun a few times. When these guys interviewed Mikey, Mikey was all about the fact that we're here to show you that Jesus loves you. That's what we're here for. That's why we love Game Church, is that they do that. That's what we do. Is I mean, Now, granted, we, we tend to hit on more of the deep theological stuff, but that's because we're seminary grads who want to believe that our education wasn't wasted. <laughs> We're, we're here to show people that, that Jesus loves them. The stuff that we do is to show them that Jesus loves them. And Jesus loves the unlovely just as much as he loves the people that are, you know, following him hardcore. And I think sometimes we forget about that. I think we forget about the fact that he loves all of us. I, it was it, the other day. In fact, it might have been earlier today. That's how long this day has been for me. I, I follow these guys on Facebook, uh, Christian memes, and sometimes their stuff is awesome and sometimes it's awful. But in this particular one, it was fantastic. It was your p- very typical, you know, Jesus picture, if Jesus were white and had long hair. And uh, it, it basically was making fun of all the, share this if you love Jesus, like if you love Jesus. And it was basically... Uh, if you like this, Jesus still loves you. If you ignore this, Jesus still loves you. If you share this with a bazillion people, Jesus still loves you. And then at the end, it just says, did I mention that Jesus loves you? And I shared that thing immediately. I shared it immediately. Because so many times, we, we don't lead with that. We don't lead with the fact that Christ is the Savior. Christ is is the one who loves us. Christ is the one who who has known us since before we were born. We we don't lead with that. And there's an entire generation of people who says, uh, lead with the sin. And in a way, I kind of get that. I kind of get the fact that how are you going to believe in a savior if you don't know you need to be saved? I get that mechanically. But at the same point, why are you going to care 
about whether or not somebody thinks you need saving if they don't seem to care about whether you're saved or not. <laughs> you know, I, I think that a lot of times we we have that very clean, very pristine, sit-on-a-shelf kind of faith that looks pretty and we'd like to think has a high resale value. And sometimes I think that I, I kind of want my faith to look more like Toy Story 2 or Toy Story 3 in that that well-loved, highly valued awesomeness that we might give to somebody else. That we might be able to show somebody else this is why I think this is the coolest thing ever. And you don't get that if it's still in the box. You get a lot of weird looks of why the heck are you still holding on to this? When you give some when you give something to someone that has been well played and well loved, that's they're, they're going to respect that. Even if they don't get it right away, they're going to respect that. And they're going to wonder why you thought this was so awesome. Well, here we are doing our best to live our lives in a way that shows that we are we are out of the box for Jesus and if there's anything the game store profits is it's out of the box for Jesus. Uh, and folks, we are thrilled that you are along with us. And maybe you are just coming out of your box. Or maybe you're already a crazy freak out there doing whatever it is that you do and loving Jesus along the way. We're so thrilled that you're here with us. Uh, Mike, how can some of these folks get connected with you? Uh, the big thing is going to be our Facebook page. We, we say it every time. Facebook.com slash GameStoreProfits. Um, recently I just put out the fact that in light of the summer sale, uh, this is something that we should have done a while ago when I really thought about it. Um, in fact, a buddy of mine, when I told him that this was a thing now, he said it's about freaking time. Um, we now have a Steam group. Uh, if you are a PC gamer or if you just have Steam for like those two games that you, you bought on it. If you look up in the groups, if you look up Game Store Profits, we're there. I have a link on our Facebook page. Definitely something that you should sign up for, something that you should check out. Pretty much, it's going to be just an opportunity to play with each other. To play the games that we love. To to connect with others. I would love... I've I guess, Like I said, I've been playing Borderlands 2 with a new fervor because of the new characters that I unlocked and the DLC that I now have. Um... So I will definitely be looking for people to play that with. And so so find us on there. You can find me. I, I now have two Twitters. One is the Game Store Profits Twitter is GS Profits. The other is my own personal one, which is Mike the Bard. And I think that's all that it's going to be right now as far as, as getting connected with me. Um, but I will... I will kind of put this out there. Some of you may know of a little convention. You know, it's been around for a while. A little thing they call Gen Con. It's not concrete yet. It's been very last minute and some stuff still has to come together. But it, I'm confident enough that it's going to happen that I'm going to put it out there. And then and hopefully by the next episode, I will have it more concrete and more nailed down and definite. I'm going to be going to Gen Con. Like I said, probably about 80% likely that I'm going to Gen Con. If you are going to find yourself at Gen Con, and I hope you do because it's a fantastic place to be, then definitely try to find me. Uh, I will I will come up with some elaborate 
way you can let you can discover me. You know, I'll wear a red carnation or something. And uh, yeah, it'll be a chance to to hang out with me. I, I'm looking forward to if I do end up going. I'm looking forward to meeting actually meeting a couple of the guys that we've interviewed. Actually meeting and shaking hands with with Derek White, the Geek Breacher, Mikey Bridges, and the guys from Game Church. They're all going to be there. So definitely looking forward to that. And if you're there, I hope to see you there as well. Uh, again, I will be updating you guys as to whether or not that goes from 80% likely to 100% likely, probably next episode. So, Luke, how can people get in touch with you? Well, uh, the best place is to go to my website, Luke Navarro, uh, L-U-K-E-N-A-V-A-R-R-O.com, and uh, you can see all of the strangeness that is my life there. And, of course, you can go to GameStoreProfits.com, Facebook.com, slash GameStoreProfits, email us at GameStoreProfits at gmail.com. You mentioned the Twitter account... I'm probably missing something, but you'll be able to find it if you just look for Game Store Profits. Uh, as always, we are so thrilled to have you with us. Get out of your box. Go and beat up on that toy a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and remember that no matter how the dice fall, the game plays on.